0: Where are they getting their culture from? It's just like it's online, it's streaming.
1: Yeah. I think I think we're trying to tap into something like a mid 30s zeitgeist. Yeah. At our age, when I go on YouTube and I look for stuff, you know, I'm always on YouTube. I only really see people much younger than us in yeah. mid twenties, something yeah. like that or uh, like tim dylan you know you have the Come Town guys you have like there's like this very small subsection of people who are born in the mid to late 80s that are doing mm-hmm. content that at least i find yeah there's probably a lot of comedians out there that are almost exactly our age that are making podcasts because that's kind of what you have to do as a comedian nowadays to diversify your revenue stream yeah and kind of create a different create a brand business but for just a couple of guys getting out there and talking about things that don't have that,
0: you know, I'm not trying to uh, sell merch, Hey guys, you asked for it, that's right, Garbage Juice Podcast proudly announces our new line of men's and women's sweaters, t-shirts, hats, bathing suits, and flip-flops, keychains, koozies, cup holders, backpacks, tote bags, and lingerie, all items soon to be available before this coming holiday season. Check out the Garbage Juice Podcast link in your show notes, and be sure to follow us on Truth Social, that's where you'll find all of our greatest releases, hottest items, and newest information that won't be censored by big tech i know that's probably
1: a cool objective down the line i don't want to take away from it. there's nothing wrong with making money we're really just out here for the real shit you know we're out here for the real shit who else is doing it i don't know the, there I, is I, I, don't, I don't know maybe it, i don't look hard enough maybe i'm satisfied with just the things that the algorithm provides me
0: i feel like i kind of dive into different things Uh, Yeah, like, uh, you're right, though, man, like, this theoretical audience listener of ours could be anyone around our age. And we do lean heavy on to talking about life through the lens of the male in society, not that we're trying to be, you know, exclusive, or elusive. We're just doing it from the voice that we know, and the voice that we know, we don't really see specifically represented but there is generalized audience with a lot of popular figures that are younger than us with parents that are like old millennial or Gen X. So they themselves had always been around computers. So their family, their their kin, their offspring <laughs> grew up with computers and then were pushed into the streaming world as in like it was okay to be such a thing. It was okay for the children to grow up into streaming and it was like we didn't grow up into that when we were teenagers into a house know. that was like streaming um, broadcast yourself kind of capacity but then but maybe, maybe so if the, we the live topics. in like New York or LA right
1: you know we know a lot of people yeah. who are doing similar things but we're just guys
0: who live in the southeast yeah and it's so it's not the same the word the like where we know where we exist with understanding what's out there and where we exist on like where we come from, it's a juncture, there might be a lot of traffic out there. And it would make sense that there would be like just enough of the stuff floating in our heads that's gonna be floating in our contemporaries heads. It's the same conversation, but because we're not former journalists, because we're not former Twitch streamers, gamers or, or big city folk, <laughs> like we're just uh, kind of carpet bagging, right? Where we're just bringing down something from the urban metropolitanized, you know, advancements of you know a bigger port down to the rest of um, the masses. Because like, yeah, because who else in our in our peer group is doing this? And in a way, I don't know a single person. Yeah. Like um, in a way, we're we're like translating um, on a regular basis. Yeah, on
1: a regular basis. Yeah, it's hard to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, we see it. Just when you're creating any any art, and yeah, and, uh, for any podcaster whoever listens to this, when you're creating any art, there is a a sense of is it good? Do people like it? You know, because the ultimate creator is not creating for themselves, they're creating for others. That's why you create. Like, if there wasn't anyone else to appreciate the art, you wouldn't paint a picture, right? If no one could see it. Um, and I think in a similar sense, uh, podcasting or creating comedy through a podcast or this medium, you're, tr- you're trying to find a way to express yourself via the art that people are going to appreciate, that people are going to like, um, and, and that's why you do it. So there is this kind of fear that what you're doing isn't good enough uh because someone doesn't like it or someone doesn't give you the right feedback, or you're 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 trying to like dive deep into what everyone's telling you. Oh, oh yeah, it's good, man. Yeah, listen to it. When are you gonna when's it gonna get a little bit better? Yeah, <laughs> like things like that, right? <laughs> Which someone
0: someone in Israel told me actually. Uh, for, uh, for, <laughs> You know what? So don't listen. Don't listen again. I'm going to take away your link. You can't listen ever. (laughs) Bye. Don't talk to me.
1: But those type of things, when you're creating something like this and you don't, you haven't created anything else before, or a lot, again, I see a lot of podcasts from comedy, people who do comedy or have been in the comedy scene, or again, have some type of family connection to entertainment or news of some sort. It's uh, it's almost impossible for a couple guys out there to just make it, but I think that's what at least me as a consumer of information, as a consumer of content in 2022, is looking for someone that speaks to the things that I think are funny, that speaks to the things that I think that are important. That's why you know I always bring up Tim Dillon. That's why he resonates so much with me because he's he's always talking about the things that are relevant to people our age. We, we care about economics we care oh, yeah. about money we, we're we're exactly. working folk you know we want to understand we want to talk about these things we're going to talk about the fall of the empire and make jokes about how you know how the baby boomers had everything in the world and, and we get the scraps of nothing you know like we get the the, the literally crumbling
0: remains and we got to deal with their lead poisoned ass brains and their <laughs> decaying bodies for the next like i, I don't know they are they going to live to 120 now we had to
1: take like 2 years off just like 2 years off of everything of life just so uh, you know they wouldn't die out we we basically had to sack like a good i don't know let's say average person lives to around 75 80 let's call it yeah uh,
0: life expectancy uh, yeah, we we had
1: to, we had to sack a couple percentage points of of life just so the baby boomers could have a, a few a few more years to to rub it in our faces just going out
0: on your deathbed due to COVID and you're just calling your nurse in there. You're, you're smashing the button. (laughs) like, you know, you're on your last breath. You got a ventilator machine hooked up to you and you're like writing, you're slipping a, a letter to the nurse telling her that you, she has rightful access to your silver collection of silver coins. If you just make sure that, (laughs) The death warrant certificate says nothing to do with COVID because you're just trying to help Trump's numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's 2020. It was. It's been a good few years, folks. If you were a nurse or someone in in medical, you saw it. So what I'm trying to get at here is that
1: there's a lack of people who aren't just in it for the comedy game who are trying to talk about real things that impact people in a in a in a funny way i think again our generation we can't take anything seriously because we're the beginning of the nihilism that's going to encompass the culture we're kind of the starting place of it so everything has to be yeah. has to be embedded with irony or humor or sarcasm or uh, when you exaggeration these type of Elements to make it digestible for us, because we t- we can't make it that real. We're we're not capable. We're not really hardcore enough to 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 make it real. It has to have some comedic element to it. it has to have entertainment value, because we grew up being entertained all the time. We never we don't know how to handle not being entertained. So right. we have to mix the discussion around serious things that are impacting our society with comedy and entertainment. And the only people who can do that nowadays are comedians who who try to thread that needle. But I think there's a lot of people, hopefully we're trying to do that, that can also bridge that gap, that have interesting things to talk about that are on the pulse of what people our age care about, um, but aren't out there to try to make a, a a brand out of it. You know what I'm saying? We're, that We're not, we're not cynical like that. We really want to create something good. We really want to create something that people uh can, can drive the conversation further and, and have people interact with us on these things because I think that creates better content moving forward.
0: you're not watching the news. If you're a listener of ours, you watch the news passively, but you're not turning on the news.
1: Who, who even watches news passively like when you're waiting for an airplane to go somewhere? To
0: yeah, who th- th- consciously is um checking in with a news network for the news when it's not like um that once a month kind of news break story or that TikTok, once your a TikTok season. feed will
1: give you everything you need to know.
0: But why you why? Why even watch anything else? Yeah, I, I I think TikTok's a really fascinating topic. And I do want to talk about that. But to keep this up on the front burner, um, when existing in society and you've seen a lifetime of politicians lie to you, then you're not going to trust them. The average American, they're just not going to trust a politician. It's a bipartisan kind of vibe there. You're not going to feel that anything that they have to say will be honest. So you go after perhaps um, an outlier, perhaps a wild card, a maverick, a joker figure, maybe, maybe the only thing that really makes sense as like a way of living is nihilism. If you haven't like turned heavy into um, uh, Protestant Christianity, or maybe, <laughs> maybe a more like uh, future driven religion, like the Mormons, if you haven't gotten on board with, (laughs) with getting in on America's probably America's one of their strongest (laughs) future businesses is the more Mormon religion, because you're connected in a multi-level business. Once you get in, you'll have your entire network to sell to. And that's, that's the attention game part of the game that we're trying to get into. We want people to come to us because the conversations that a podcast can provide are the kind of conversations that are of the moment of that week, of that beginning of the week, the middle of the week, the end of the week or the weekend. You could have a show that's coming out within 36 hours of the news cycle break. So before an actual news channel can give you any kind of digested, a nod on type thought, like some real Human level, cared for conversation, like the kind of um, not where you're just uh, p- putting out a headline and this is all we know about the, this situation or uh, this major event. The news channel can kind of give you that right away, or you can go online to look for it, but there's no real better outlet for like the real conversation around a topic the one that you might have with yourself in your head about a news story and if you're not in a uh, traditional office scenario that if you don't have that downtime to kind of run ideas around in your head and echo them off another friend or coworker, if you don't have that kind of time the podcast is fantastic for that well you can't you
1: friends probably only because you can't tell co-workers shit now everyone's a fucking rat yeah, yeah. There's no he, way to talk. You can barely hold a, a conversation without every buzzword on the book. I mean, it's
0: okay. It's, That's another uh,
1: great topic right there.
0: What you don't get away. Yeah, what can we get away work, with saying?
1: Yeah. Nothing. If you're at work, don't say anything about what you think, what you believe, what you feel, nothing. You are a a faceless, nameless automatron who is there to enhance the viability of that business on a day-to-day basis. And anything more or less than that
0: is going to affect your ability to earn money. It's quiet quitting. (laughs) It's a big topic on uh, uh, Irony Online right now. uh, An article that got a little uh, viral press discussing um, if you're at work and you're just doing enough to get by, you're basically quitting in a quiet way, you're quiet quitting. <laughs> and uh, so you can imagine, you can imagine where people would take off on that conversation, but these conversations are fun to make fun of stuff that comes about and is pushed on us. And it is fun to, to entertain these carnivals, the, these uh, traveling circus of moments and feelings and vibes. It, it's been a part of like uh, our species, since, um, you know, the beginning of all of this, we love to uh, gather in the city square and join in on the spectacle. And, um, you know, we sacrifice the witch and we burn her. And then that allows the gods to be satiated. And then they shine their blessings back <laughs> on us in the form of a couple of extra ears of corn in the field at the end of the season. So we we uh, we join in on the ritual, and um, perhaps we don't see all of our listeners jump on board next week, but we know they're coming because where else are they going to get their uh, infotainment hours in each week? And if we provided it weekly, if we were consistent, and we paid respect to the podcasting gods by being consistent, showing up to the studio, letting (laughs) letting the muse and the gods and all that stuff work through us. Um, we can, by way of uh, actualizing and realizing our, our own true garbage powers. then our our listeners they can realize their garbage, and uh, it'll be a reciprocation of juice. If the juice is flowing throughout the land, the people will get their garbage nutrient and intake. Uh, I think it's a happy circle. Uh, the coworker you conversation, know, though, I tried
1: following you there
0: really hard. Thank you.
1: so let's go back to co-workers. The
0: co-worker conversation. If you're someone uh maybe you work at what would be known as like a station, maybe you work in something that is more traditional office, um maybe you just you work alone, you're in a vehicle, you you work from home. You still have family theoretically or directly in your house. You have uh, maybe a trivia group that you meet up with a couple times a month. Maybe you, um, go to the gym. So you give the same, uh, four or five nods around the gym. Every time you go there, pay respect to the people that work there and the people that live there, like you do, uh, maybe working out is a big part of your life. So you, you, you throw this on and, and get some cardio in, maybe you're putting, um, the ear pods in and you're going on a walk around your nice uh, neighborhood or your city park, the conversations that you can have with your friends, of course, can be a little more candid. Now, it would be easy to assume that as a society, we are kind of organized in a class-like division, where the people that we work with will be the same, our equals in society, and that it would be easy to maybe at some point in time in history, assume that these people might have the same beliefs and opinions as you do. 2022, not the case. You could work with someone who is maybe not a complete 180 degrees away from you, but far enough away from you um, with their own beliefs that you might have to watch what you say around them. So when the news story breaks of a police department in Southern Central Texas waiting around for a school shooter to finish up at an elementary school, that insanity in your head that you want to hear a conversation about only because you're trying to make sure that you yourself aren't going crazy after you hear such a thing, it might not be easy to bring up at work. You never know <laughs> what your coworker what your coworker might say. Uh, also, is it funny that your favorite podcasters booked a brunch live show at mar a the same time that the FBI wanted to check it out? Yeah, this stuff is funny. It's a funny situation to happen. Is it funny that in the same show they talked about being there at Mar-a-Lago? They also talked about having a friend stay with them and being at the house at the time that the news broke while they're also later in that episode telling the story of them having already been in South Florida the same day, contradicting their own stories within the same episode. That's funny. That is funny. It's meta humor on a pretty um, complex <laughs> level. It's, it's layering. Will it be easily picked up on in the beginning only by the true believers and the early adapters and uh, folks, y- you can get this conversation. With yourself in your head, instead of having to say it out loud at work, because you never know what type of demon level careerist psycho your fellow
1: (laughs) coworker level
0: might be existing on. And the fact is, if you've worked anywhere, you know now more than ever that we exist in a reality that it's actually kind of a leg up if you can put your coworker a leg down. By creating a, a, a work environment where you're pointing out everyone else's flaws, it an, it's a zero-sum game. You look better. <laughs> <laughs> this is a garbage use tenant for life. This is, a, uh, <laughs> this is a key philosophy of the book that we're writing. Uh, if you put your coworker down, you will look better. And this is 5D chess. This is playing the long con. You show up to work late, right? You're hungover. You don't want to be there. But you notice that so-and-so didn't throw away the coffee grinds out of the coffee machine after they took the loss. Boom. You have an objective the rest of the day that is more entertaining than your actual job itself. You can go around to all the different departments, everyone that might be in the building, even people you don't even work with. You create an environment where that other coworker is the bad guy. Because it takes the view off of you and it focuses on them. It gets them out of their game. They're then distracted. They're then underperforming. And they're then, at that point, not as great to be around. And you see how this can help you in that immediacy of feeling better than them. And if you feel better than them, then you're going to play better than them. And you play better than them, you're going to be better than them. It's the uh, clear-eyed view of the modern workforce, and I just don't think enough podcasts are going to give you this realness. And if they are out there, you're also someone that doesn't necessarily have a great connection to people that will fill you in with the really good podcasts. But you might just stumble across this one because of the algorithm, or because you have another friend who is also attention disf- deficit dis- attention deficit disorder. There we go. <laughs> Or some other type of <coughs> neurodivergency. If you want in you know, on the, the fun, juicy gossip of drama, uh, uh, you know, where do you, where are you going to get it? How how are you going to, how are you going to pull that up? Uh, but I feel
1: like that's all you can do at work anymore. Right. It is to do a little gossip. You know, you, you can't, you you couldn't actually tell people what you think or what you believe, because that would probably get you fired very quickly. In there
0: haven't we folks
1: <laughs> so you gotta hide it and we should, we should
0: but, feel free to it but yeah yeah you're right
1: you gotta hide it you know. and that's just the way things are now with with everyone every interaction how's the weather where do you live that's hot great generic uh oh it's certainly hot up there nowadays isn't it not uh so, what documents do you think they got out of Trump's house down there?
0: <laughs> what that's what not going to be the conversation
1: starter for your for your coffee talk or uh, water cooler talk, let's call it. But what you can do is you can talk mad shit about everyone you
0: work with to everyone. Do you think that he was trying to get a Trump hotel in Neon and just doing? You know, the, the the city that's just one long corridor, the proposed city. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's a proposed city, Neom, N-E-O-M. And I believe I'll have to check in with our Middle Eastern correspondent, but I believe that it's somewhere around. The, yes. The city of Neom is a proposed uh, city of the future with a uh, world of like grandiose design concepts that is basically just a straight line, which would allow for you just build upwards along this straight line so you could exist along a rail. And that is kind of a cool concept. But what if Trump was just like involved in all of this, like like maybe sharing some information that's a little secretive? But it was just going to allow him to maybe get like first dibs, first bid in on it, The one of the only hotels nearest to like the center area. Anything's possible. But I could see it being something so trivial. That would be something that would be funny to talk about with your coworker. But you might you might say that and they might be threatened that you would bring up the T word in the office place. <laughs> Uh, listener, if you haven't already, check out Neom, uh, a project that the Garbage Use Podcast. Yeah, that's what I was checking uh, out as we're talking about it. Multicultural Outreach Program. Garbage Use Podcast, Podcasting School of Excellence. <laughs> Broadcasting <laughs> School of Podcasting Excellence. Uh, we have uh, a few instructors in, in, in the region and looking to get some schools located along. The single line train city. The great
1: train uh, line. I think we've got Andy Dick committed to do that
0: with us. Andy Dick. That's right, folks. Andy Dick. He is not in jail. He (laughs) he actually got canceled before being canceled was a thing, (laughs) which saved him. Talk to any comedian that was canceled pre-2014. That actually did them a huge service. It was a light hand slapping of a cancel. Yeah, he got arrested in May of this year.
1: um, (laughs) For sexual sexual battery at a campground in California. Jesus, that doesn't sound surprising at all. (laughs) Uh, But but due to those extenuating legal issues, he has agreed to do... Uh, a few slots, teaching slots in the Garbage Juice School
0: of Journalism, uh, broadcasting excellence, international broadcasting, <laughs> po- <laughs> international broadcasting podcasting, excellent school of excellence. Yeah, it, it is. The, it was. It the, was court order. I C E C E. It is um, community service. That, that means it was court ordered Yeah, there's been a few questions about that. Sure, but will the will it will you lose? In value of having uh, a huge uh, celebrity be there teaching you, um, tickets go on sale, I believe, in November. Look out for that, and it's going to be. Well, you got to enroll. There's a whole
1: application yeah. process. You know. Yeah, there's there's
0: uh, an application. It is. You, you know, know it is.
1: I actually was living with people here at my plate, like in the same apartment, that uh, they read. Applications like college applications for a living, like that's what they did for like different universities in the in the country. They're just like experts at at student applications. So like they were they were living down here but working for schools like Georgia Tech, I think, and Emory in Atlanta. So they actually moved to Atlanta after a while. But uh, can you imagine just sitting in a room all day, like receiving an application from some eighteen-year-old freak? Trying to tell you how great they are at doing the things that you know are fake, made-up things, and you got to say whether this kid should be like let in to your employer's education program. What What are the types of things that you you passed up to then wind up doing that?
0: Application business is big business now. For our uh, workforce listeners, those that are that have a job. You know how important like having a, a resume resume, right? So the resume is essentially when you apply to a a college, that's a resume. And so you, you, you saying you, these people, your neighbors, your once neighbors were doing that for a couple of different universities in the Atlanta area. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah, tell them yeah. that you have they a friend in Atlanta? I did not. Well, well, I'll need to connect to them. I got a lot of I, I got a lot of pointers for them to see to to weed out the garbage just reading applications and telling them who who they should let in to pay them tens of thousands of dollars a year to receive a degree. It's like we want to provide the navigation. We want to be your shaman and your sherpa and your trail guide on the hike that is um Western life, because you don't want to compromise on the things that you believe in. It just becomes increasingly more chaotic to follow along with the things that you believe in in an ever changing world where there's more moment to moment moments than there ever has been. We talked about it on the show before the evolutionary tale of what is a meme? How fast does a meme come and go in our lives? A meme is a moment, you could say, and a moment could be a commercial. It could be a news thing in your city. It could be a product. It could be um, what a celebrity did or who they punched or who who, or what kind of open-handed slap punch they delivered to another comedian. It could be any of these things. And then it becomes a specific image online. that's like how we know what a meme is now. But a meme, um, you know, decades ago was a, a Budweiser commercial. And then people would talk about it for months on end.
1: What's up?
0: Yeah. Wow. We would talk about these. During the Super Bowl. Hyped up moments where everyone could gather around um, a culture event that was of everyone's culture. Monoculture Mono. Scenario. I feel like Chappelle's
1: show was one of the first things that the yeah. that too. I that, couldn't go to high school without hearing the the line you know yeah from the recent Chappelle show episode, the, the, especially when Rick James the Rick Huge. James episode came out yeah. Rick you, James bitch, like that that line. I think I heard it a thousand times.
0: Way more than you'd ever want to. Yeah, that that's yeah. a so that's a moment and. It's fun to engage in these moments. We're here. We're here to encourage all of that uh, moment, moment trash. trash. But it's hard, folks. It's hard to get this mo- these moments in with um, you know people that you don't know if you can trust them or not. Maybe. So do maybe, we have
1: a? To, do we have like a wrap up on this? I I want to get us to some articles so we can talk
0: start talking about some of the things that our listeners love so much, or really that I like. Maybe you're surrounded. Okay, I'll do this. I'll say this and we'll move on. Maybe you're surrounded by cap experts. And maybe you yourself don't really know what the term cap means, but you listen to us because we're going to break down all these new slang, these new terminologies and the stuff that makes sense to you in your life. Cap is a lie. So you say no cap. That means no lie. So you're surrounded by a bunch of fucking cap artists, liars. And that shit (laughs) on God, (laughs) you want, you want real (laughs) and your coworkers aren't real AF. So you're, you're finding, you're finding that specific conversation. Uh, Moving forward. We got some articles, man. I love how you translated
1: that. I actually, I've learned a bit about zoomer culture because we can't deny it. It's happening all around us. Uh, just one in 10 adults get optimal sleep and are 75% less likely to have heart disease. Getting good night's sleep on a regular basis slashes the risk of heart disease and stroke. Unfortunately, few people are actually getting this, according to a new study. Researchers in France found that a staggering 90% of people are generally poor sleepers. The research suggests that 70% of new cases of coronary heart disease and stroke each year may be avoidable with better should I. The low prevalence of good sleepers was expected, given our busy 24-7 lives. A total of 7,200 participants between the ages of 50 and 75 took part in the study. Two-thirds were men. Those classified as optimal slept around 7 to 8 hours per night. Only 10%
0: were optimal. Fucking heroes out there. (laughs) you're out there getting 10 hours of sleep a night, we applaud you. (laughs) Absolute legends. Man. And then they
1: checked them up over like a decade for the people who slept badly. Study shows that the risk of coronary heart disease and stroke decreased by 22% for every one point change in sleep score, meaning participants with a score of five had a 75% lower risk of heart disease, meaning the better you slept, the lower your risk of heart disease was. Um, After the two follow up checks, around half the participants changed their sleep score. With half of that worsening, half of that improving, so it's obviously not like a static thing. You're not just like, these things can kind of change being a good sleeper, being a bad sleeper, Uh, but sleeping well preserves heart health and suggests that improving sleep
0: is linked with lower risk of heart disease and stroke. Well, clearly um, I'm getting anti grind set vibes from this article <laughs> they don't want to Hey, all you sigma
1: males that listen to this so they you might wanna,
0: don't want, want to remove us, that i wake up i go uh i go to the gym and then i go to work and i'm chugging a pot of coffee and i and i have <laughs> a six pack of bang energy throughout my day and is it easy to get to sleep at a reasonable time <laughs> No. Why? Because my heart is doing a, a palpitating <laughs> thing. It's a, it's a thumping. It's, a, it's an irregular beat. I'm sweating. Everywhere I go, I sweat heavy. I don't know. I don't know if I believe it. I, I love sleep myself. I'm a huge sleep fan. I've never figured out a way to get sleep, but also uh, what is this video? <laughs> <for the core? laughs> this woman getting attacked oh by some kind of feral fucking fox or something? Oh God,
1: it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: Some lady in a a spam video is getting whirled about in a chaotic five-minute fight with a fox. Oh, my God. Poor lady. She's in clear pain. I wish there was a way to link to this video. (laughs) That's a Wow.
1: I swear I've seen bits like comedy bits where it's like this, like a furry thing, just attacking a person for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. This is what it looked like.
0: <laughs> there was a video. of it was like oh, local man, this news. Is a fight to the death. Oh, she kicks <sighs> kicks she the gets, shit out of she it. She does make pretty good. Does that did she have food with her or something? I don't know, man. Videos are the
1: future of yeah, entertainment. She's just chilling. And this thing just comes up and bites her. Like she's on her phone outside
0: and just bites the shit out of her. Kick, he's, jumps, probably, he, kicks, he's probably got babies and shit. Picks, jumps back. Picks up 360. Throws. 360, Bros, a 360 a 720, 720. Still attached. <laughs> uh, still biting her sleeve. She comes in with a fucking monster right foot boot. Lands at the head, jaw, shoulder area. The Fox does then, another 360 flip and then runs And the husband comes in. Husband, where have you been for five minutes where your wife is getting viciously attacked? Look at the complicated uh, moves. She's you know, smoking was, a vape out there. I think the Fox is working for the Joe Biden administration, trying to outlaw <laughs> vaping, and vaping apparatuses. You, you've heard of drone delivery. We're going to link right, this to folks? you guys. We have Fox vape attacks. If you are out, if you are caught vaping in a state that doesn't allow a fruit flavored vape and you have a pineapple mango vape and you you're caught, the fox will find it. He'll sniff you out. Fox will attack you. The vape fighting fox. Okay, moving on. Next article. More economics. Disney is
1: making record profits from fewer visitors. Magic Kingdom has introduced new charges and ramped up costs, with visitors forced to spend seventeen percent more last year as price of hotels, passes, and even Mickey ears rocket. Um, there's a fifteen day pass on top of admission, thirty bucks for aircraft shuttles.
0: Um, they're gonna get you, dude. Okay, they're so gonna that get you before like. You check into your hotel. It's a hundred and fifty dollars a night, right? Dude, that's least, nothing. Are you kidding me? At least four hundred at night. Are you dude? Disney. So say you get say you get like a advanced. Disney's four hundred, three hundred, four
1: hundred
0: minimum. Say you get a an advanced like package deal, and you get that price down to two hundred dollars, and then you're staying there for four nights, and you, so it's like. Eight hundred dollars, and you and your family are cramped into a hotel room, and you, you know maybe you're traveling in a car, so it's just like easily like a tank of gas is like two hundred dollars for your F one fifty quad cab, you know modest type pricing here. You're well into like two thousand dollars before you step foot into the park. It's like not hard to assume, right? And then and then this article's going. This article saying like. Just waking up that day, the shuttle is forty five dollars. You, you see this <sighs> Animal Kingdoms eight hundred dollars a night. You have nothing to give your children in the way of direction or culture, so you purchased yeah, that like di- at di- Disney. Yeah,
1: yeah. I remember I was talking to someone. He's like, "Yeah, we we spend the third. We, we get the Disney uh, like vacation pass." you pay Disney like $30,000 a year and you can go on a couple of vacations. Whoa. It's an extraordinary amount. And, and then the other guy in the conversation was like, yeah, well, they're going to get you for that anyway. So might as well try to get a deal
0: with it. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> Folks, that's nihilism. What? If, if you, if you <laughs> find yourself having beliefs such as that, it is a form of nihilism and, um, it might be talked about in other cultural outlets a little differently, but uh, you want to talk about a guy point. who hasn't gotten optimal sleep. This is the chairman of Disney Parks. Does he look like he's gotten optimal sleep here recently? He looks like he's on that um, that Joe Biden cocktail.
1: Is, uh, they are about to find out.
0: A certain high level of oh. uh painkillers. Oh yeah. To uh dull the sense of being 180. Oh yeah. And a and you know, a milligram dosage of Adderall that would kill a blue whale or <laughs> an elephant or something. Maybe a little Viagra mixing, in like low dose Viagra. Just a little just bit of Viagra a frisky to also keep the pep in the old penile and just the the right amount of stuff Uh, substance to keep a man alive
1: you need him out there fighting the good fight he's the head of the democratic party you got to get papa joe out there you know he's got to be a little frisky at the press conference can't just be answering questions yeah he's on the same cocktail basically
0: say so he's uh so this um handsome silver fox from one fox to another as we make our transition here (laughs) Here's a Josh di Amaro Di uh chairman of Disney's Parks, Experience and Product Division. This is a this is a big business. And again, what are you going to give your child but disappointment? You feel bad because the world that you grew up in, like, had a little bit nicer, like, um, you know, reality to it, where you could easily escape all of the depressing points of uh, being a human under um, the Joe Brandon regime. (laughs) However, you can go to Disney and from the folks from the pictures I'm seeing again from a human being that's that doesn't have to ever think about Disney if I don't want to. It looks pretty fucking awesome. Like uh, what we're seeing looks like it would be cool to see in person. Uh, tip of the cap to all those magic makers doing fun <laughs> things at disney and getting that bag money. It's gas. folks getting the bag of <laughs> course means going after the money and disney, disney's getting oh, the bag boy. they're getting it yeah and, um, dude,
1: he's not even he's, they're not even playing with you look at him no. say He's like the changes have given visitors more choice about how to spend their time and money at the parks while also making the parks extremely commercially successful. They're not yeah. even playing they're not even playing anymore. They're yeah. telling you like straight up, listen, if you don't if you don't have cash, don't fucking come here.
0: Do not come.
1: Don't come here. Do not come. Do not come. If you've got it, we're gonna give you choice on how to spend that cash. But if you don't have it. Don't come.
0: Do not come. Because we have to be extremely commercially successful. It's beautiful. It's a rock hard approach for business. Hell yeah. One great news story to the next. Is America uh, I, on the verge? I, I'm seeing these
1: articles literally everywhere. Um, the verge of a housing price collapse. Prices could crash by up to 20%. Our homes are overvalued by as much as 72%. Boise, Charlotte, Austin, three most overvalued areas in the U.S., <laughs> 183, 400. It's basically 50% of the largest regional housing markets are overvalued by more than 25%. So most places people live are overvalued by 25% at a minimum. Um, they think these places are going to fall quite a bit, even without a recession. Uh, housing inventory is at its highest level since April 2009. That's right when the housing market crashed the last time. As sellers struggle to get rid of their property because mortgages have become more expensive, mortgage rates have doubled since January. They're going to continue to rise also because they keep raising that Fed rate. Um, bubbly, there's like particularly bubbly markets. Uh, in Boise, Charlotte, Austin, LA, Orlando, Seattle, Indianapolis, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, that's my hood up 34 percent. Yeah, right on. Um, Boise, where a house is an average house is $520,000 is 72 percent overvalued.
0: I mean, yeah, I remember hearing, uh, I remember thinking specifically about the Boise market. A shout out to all of our beautiful fans in uh, Idaho. And I remember thinking like, oh well, yeah, it's probably a cool area. I've been up that way, never to Boise. But you got to imagine without the population density as East Coasts might have just by 200 years of uh, expansion, starting from East, you got to imagine like, sure, there's like a, a good reason or reason enough. For the market itself to look good over there, but like still the population isn't there, folks. Well, I think what you can is put that together. They build,
1: they build a lot of shit, and then there's nothing that people want anymore. there's too much shit, so prices we, go down.
0: Has the build has the home building market? Have we seen any surge in building new homes? Yeah, like yeah. that of like. Um, 60 years ago when homes were being built like is it the same type of percentage increase so basically what i
1: understood from a couple youtube videos was actually um the new housing market there's so much inventory so basically they take a number of all of the new houses like all the new build not just houses but like residential stuff in the country and they say based upon the average time it takes to sell something, how long would it take to clear everything that's either been built new or is going to be built in like, I think a year time frame? how long would it take to clear all that inventory out? I mean, that they're creating this inventory based on the average sales cycle for a house now, how long would it take to clear that inventory out? That metric is actually larger than it's ever been because there's so much new stuff coming into the market and the time it's taking to sell things is extending because interest rates are going higher. So that's like a, key indicator for housing prices to actually fall because there's too much, there's going to be so much inventory um, that and there's just not going to be enough people willing to make that investment. You know, not everyone can put $600,000 uh, put together a $600,000 mortgage, or $700,000 mortgage, right? $800,000 mortgage just doesn't work like that after a while. So it will have to fall soon.
0: Yeah. Um, it's like, it's, at what point, with the the uh, the world that we live in, just not try to get the most for a house that it possibly can. <laughs> It'll be a point where people can't pay for it. People can't pay the same 600, six hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred plus thousand dollars for the house that they may have could or did. That's why they live where they live. They had the money or they had the willingness to go through the debt to get it to get the bank to. So you'd let them pay them for the next 15 or 30 years or whatever but then the, the, there's houses so it's like uh it's good business to build houses but the houses that we build now aren't like the houses that were built uh 150 years ago because material wise it'd be a lot and labor you might have to pay for it now or before maybe <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe like the money money was different so like it wouldn't be $89 for a piece of plywood. And um, like about the time that your mortgage is uh, almost paid up on that house will be in desperate need of repairs. But you know what? Uh, we're going to kick that can down the road. Uh, hopefully though, hopefully <laughs> that road uh, then, then uh, returns back to us in the form of a bubble and hopefully we get that bubble. So uh, some of us can get our first homes. <laughs> and we want to get in on this roller coaster. listeners out there, everyone, everyone of you, with or without a home, living with your parents or maybe on your own. Um, get buying that first house is an adventure that every American should have the right to do. And speaking of American rights, I think that a lot it's on the minds of a lot of Americans that are tuning in this week to find out what the the official garbage juice podcast breakdown of the Biden administration canceling, Canceling, forgiving, forgiving, and washing washing away away. all the sin that is student (laughs) loan debt worldwide. He took it upon himself to eliminate all student loan debt for all Americans worldwide living in America, (laughs) going to school here in the greatest country on earth means that sometimes you'll go through with taking out loans and committing to those loans at the ripe age of 17 before any other uh, private entity can get to you to extract (laughs) debt out of you from a childhood age. And we look back on that. We say, well, maybe that's not too great. And we say, well, we could have gone to school and we could have got an education. And then with that education, you could get a good job. That's the only way to do it you got to go to school. You got to go to college. You want the American middle-class life. You got to get the degree. You got to go to debt if you can't afford it. And you got to make sure that uh, you do those things to get it. And we look back on that and we think, well, maybe we could have changed a few things here or there. And Joe Biden, what's he say? Uh, $10,000. And if you're a grant recipient, (sighs) An extra ten thousand dollars because you're probably extra fucked right now. Because <laughs> even if you did get a good job, if you're someone with that received grants, meant that you got no real generational wealth transfer, and your parents were probably much younger than your peers' parents because they just had you when they were nineteen years old, and and it turns out having children weren't for them. But you could have you could live in in the best country on earth. <laughs> And you could get some pretty good kickbacks in the form of
1: forgiveness,
0: loan forgiveness.
1: It's a drop in the bucket for me. It doesn't do a damn thing for me yeah. personally. It, it's, it's like it uh, doesn't really even matter. Okay. It doesn't matter.
0: So It's so irrelevant. So as uh, lifelong contrarians and Sigma male guys, we're looking at both sides of this coin. We're hearing uh, conversations kind of get elevated. I could put myself in the shoes of somebody who's set to get $20,000 of their debt knocked away because I have a lot of student loan debt and I was a Pell Grant recipient. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> so I could, I could be one of those unicorns out there in society. But what is this? What's going to happen when that happens? So I wasn't going to pay them that, that <laughs> money, but it's not. Okay, let's go. Brandon and his court of uh, gargoyles and demons, <laughs> they decided, you know what? Maybe if we do a little uh, moving over here, we take some of this debt, we wipe it clean. The same scumbags, they're now then maybe going to get a higher line of credit card debt. Like it's better for the empire that our debt isn't held up in a federal pool because right. they don't have the ease to get that. It's better if it's like put privately. So why hem me up with my money going to some kind of fantasy federal agency? <laughs> why do that when I can be directly beholden to some private thing that I have to give my money to because I think they have to realize like there's just going to be people like me that we're just never going to pay them back <laughs> until I, I had I, to right until I fucking had to which may have never. which 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 it, unless there's a housing bubble scenario unless I have to go get it, like a house or something there may be no situation where some debt debtors w- would ever fucking pay back or all the people that are paying back, again, it's just going to this thing that they made up. They already printed that money, right? Just transfer it. What's better? That the debt is held privately because that's profitable and that's manageable for the fucking demons in charge. Yeah. So uh, what's naturally going to come from this? And we know all of our uh, highly intelligent, self-sufficient listeners out there they get this they understand this they already know what you're talking about it becomes a culture war hot button issue which is very low juice folks we don't uh it was it's why we don't recommend watching the news you want people make
1: a big deal about 300 i think it's going to cost like 300 billion 500 billion who gives a shit anymore it doesn't even matter it's irrelevant who cares professor you know kilometers much, wherever you, you know are out there debt? we're trillions of dollars in debt uh, 300 billion just tack it on who cares if, should be we should do it every year every year
0: any listener at all if you have any um economic correspondent type uh opinions right now we we uh, we welcome we welcome this into the fold that into the fold we welcome those how about, opinions how about
1: if we How about if they set up a program, if you you shill for a particular political party, like really hard, that every year they'll give you some type of student loan forgiveness. Because that's kind of like in-kind payment, you know, like debt relief is payment. Actually, in the IRS, and I don't know how they're going to account for this, but if you owe a bunch of money and then suddenly gets forgiven, it's income. It's considered income. So I'll be happy to shill for anyone. If you want to forgive, I don't know, 60 something thousand dollars in student loan debt, I'll be happy to do it. Happy to do it, because that's that's really what it seems like they want us
0: to do now. This is like a pretty fantastical topic, though, because with the knee jerk reaction on the uh, political spectrum, it does make one think about the implications, uh, the down the line effects of Biden doing this because it's like, yeah, they said they were going to do it. But then we live in a world where it doesn't really feel like Democrats will ever give us anything that they talk about. But then they here they go up and say that they're making big moves and it's about to go down. And if a lot of people see it, that'll be enough of a delicious treat morsel kickback to bring so many people Into the pocket here that will be like, yeah, I love Joe Biden. He got rid of $10,000 of my niece's debt and that's heaven sent for her. And she was able to to get out of her her lease and she was able to get uh, her own house. And like there will be a lot of Americans that live in that world where they see this as an actual thing of an actual politician doing something that directly helped people. Actual humans in society.
1: When you start making payments to people for things, you got to keep making payments, you know? So
0: one time. Unless you're the Democrats, time. because they've undelivered for so long. But here they go and people are going to they're going to eat this stuff up. It's like when you talk to someone about $10,000 uh,
1: isn't even like one year at most schools.
0: It's even an our time, even an yeah. time. It is a small amount and it's a drop in the bucket. In state of and Florida, it's made up.
1: It would be pretty significant. But most universities nowadays, I feel like you yeah, know, that's a year at most of college tuition at an in-state cheap school, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you gotta keep making payments, Joe. Oh. If you're gonna start blackmailing people i'm gonna come back to you and be like look hey it was nice what you gave me initially but i'm gonna need a little more where that came from where did it come from oh you just made it up did
0: you okay well can you do it again oh fucking oh we should be demanding at that level (laughs) the same type of treatment that those uh making the choices get for themselves you know like you could be you could be um, a party leader and um you could have a husband that can get an unlimited amount of duis and it doesn't matter (laughs) you could do this you could go you could go to taiwan if like China specifically saying don't do it don't go to don't go to taiwan no american should get involved here But then, oh, you you have a lot of money tied up. So there's a lot of business reasons. This is clearly going to cost me in some other way. Well, you know,
1: just to to talk about that real quick, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she's a big stock trader, right? They just passed a big bill around semiconductor manufacturing, like making chips. Mm -hmm. You know where they make the most chips in the world?
0: Is it Taiwan?
1: It is Taiwan. Do you know that she made investments in some of those companies that they sold for a loss before the bill was released? Um, now I believe that they probably have their money stuck away somewhere else and actually made money, but they wanted to show the public, like, "Hey, we actually can lose money on stocks just like everyone else." Here's what we did, but she knew that bill was coming down the line. She went to Taiwan. Maybe get a few kickbacks for a little, you know, leeway here and there. It's supposed to help American manufacturing mm-hmm. or incentivize yes. American manufacturing for chips, but you know, Nancy Pelosi, she's not going to let a good thing go to waste. If you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, so that's she didn't even know where she was. Nah, she, she says, oh, is this? She landed in Taiwan. She thought she was in San Francisco. She, thought
0: she just took a trip to San Francisco. She like, had to she go just over go back to, to her home district over the bay. She thought maybe she had just taken an extra quaalude or three or four, passed (laughs) out. They gave her a special Biden's bedtime cocktail. Oh Oh, yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) they just took her clear
1: across the Pacific. That's in the merch store, by the way. Biden's bedroom cocktail.
0: (laughs) We get into the supplement game. (laughs) That's that's another one of those reasons of like why people get into streaming they're pushing that merch i think it would be fun to have our own merch it would be a lot of fun oh yeah it would be a ton of fun to do that uh so the uh let's go brandon initiative to uh socialize america is well underway this is socialism folks communism is here to stay i guess it's a (laughs) made-up thing though right like i'm not just being a a wacky loony um, millennial by saying that student debt is from a made-up source. It's its own separate printed thing. It's not going back to any private operation. It's like the PPP loans. Those are forgiven for our hardworking small business owners and podcasters. It was funny. The White Wouldn't House that be dope? was... I saw on Twitter that every... Republican who
1: complained about the money they gave out, the White House called out in the official White House Twitter page, like, I don't know, some senator, rep, blah, 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 would complain about the the Biden uh, giveaway. And then they would write like, Senator XYZ got 15.8
0: million in PPP loans forgiven, you know, and it was every just like a list of, single and- <laughs> person that's been calling this out. And it's like a talking <clears throat> point that's blasted out. I feel like I'm the biggest sucker
1: for not
0: taking a, not finding a way to get on that PPP loan game, not so no does loan. everybody that didn't. Everyone I feel like the biggest. Sucker. Yeah, anyone that didn't do it is realizing like, holy shit, because you look across uh, your mirror of uh, you know your peer in your work world in society in your community and you see the, oh they got it. That could have been garbage Shoes podcast that got 170k yeah, to pay overhead. For for a podcast that was just about to start because we needed celebrity endorsements, get that loan forgiven straight away. It doesn't seem like a hard thing at all. And we just we just bought like the dumbest celebrity endorsements. That would be so much fun. Well, there's always oh yeah. Hey, well, there's always the next pandemic that we can get on board. Um, somebody said like the podcast that had the right type of listeners to leave them comments, or the podcast that were able to do that. You gotta have the right type of financial-minded listeners to say, hey, you know, you could be click, click, click. You could be doing this or that. You know, you could be on. You could be going to the government and saying, hey, I'm a small business. We missed I don't know the if there was if there was more to it that we knew right away, maybe we would have more energy about the loan forgiveness folks. But I must say, um, there's a lot about me in this moment. And I want to take the time to shine the light onto me and to all my hard work of holding out over 15 years of not paying off my student loans. (laughs) And somehow it went from like $20,000 to like (laughs) $52,000. And it's all legal. I signed up for it when I was a child. And it's,
1: <laughs>
0: it's what being an American is all about. And it's why we love this country. And if you're someone that might not agree with this and might not understand like why someone would be okay to let this kind of good thing happen to them, it's because, um, well, God's punishing you for being a loser. And I'm a winner, and I would never admit anything else on this show or any show that I might be on in the future. So, yeah, let's go, Brandon. It's a, it's a big, hearty, let's go, Brandon, for me on this one. Let's go. Have you any more articles? Good, sir.
1: I, I do not. I have to uh, go to bed.
0: I have a very early morning great chat with you and good night to Likewise. everyone out there in the garbage juice podcast listening sphere that's a wrap wild,
1: wild, wild beast freak out release wild beast freak out release wild beast freak out release black beast, freak out
0: release music used to be-